Today is August 20th, 2021. This is episode 161 of Maelstrom Radio. Maelstrom Radio. With your hosts, Blaze and Shinter. And welcome, everybody, to Maelstrom Radio. My name is Peter. With me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Quentin. Hey, friend, how are you? Hi, I'm okay. Again, it's Friday night, so that is, that, that's always a good sign. It is the night where people come here to party. Is that... no? <laughs> people don't come here to sure. party? Sure. Yeah, why not? <laughs> We're fine. I have I have my my super special drink, water. Yeah, I oh, well, I have uh, I have. Tea. Unlike the popular rumors, I am not thirsty. Uh, I have throat tea, which uh, I will sip on later. I have uh, water, and I have uh, boy, it's been a long week. Juice. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so just just to let everybody know. Uh, mm-hmm. so what have we been up to this week? Well, uh, we, I, I mean the synopsis would, uh, yeah, well, we, we accidental flesh wall, <laughs> accidental flesh wall. Yep. That's, that's been the week. We didn't expect the flesh. <laughs> wall. We're done. There's, there's the show accidental flesh wall. <laughs> we, Oh, also, I mean, uh, we got a facelift slightly. We, we took the assets we had and kind of, uh, well, Quentin took the assets we had and, and, and played with them a bit and I made boxes. We yeah, that's all we did. <laughs> Just boxes on boxes. Everything looks neat now. <laughs> uh you know. For now, this is this is what we're working with. Uh things may change in the future. But for now, this is uh you know these are I nice feel, boxes. I, I kinda miss the the old like almost like persona esque chat. So we, I think we'll have to play around with that a little bit. The persona esque chat. Oh, the oh, okay. I know what you're saying. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we yeah, could yeah. actually have a persona type chat too if we really want. I know. I, mean, I, I well, yeah, I mean, we don't need to be that fancy. We're, we're not Raisna. No. If we, it's got a really cool thing. Anyway, yeah. yes. So we 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 did a tiny facelift here. Uh, there was an accidental flesh wall. We did some D and D. Uh, apparently, uh, I rolled like ever loving crap that night, so I couldn't. I I I did as. Uh, I was afraid to RP that night because I feel like anything my character could have done would have been backfired and and hurt us in some sort of way. So I was like, it's better that people ask me to do things and let me see if I can do a thing. Then nothing I rolled. I uh, I didn't roll higher than 13. And let's just put it that way. None none of it was good. So. Yeah, and that 13 also didn't make the checks. (laughs) No, nothing. Nothing made the checks. Uh, I I learned that uh, I I have... Uh, I like picture books. I go to libraries and I just look at the pictures. So if that's that, if that tells you anything about my current situation in rolling in D and uh, I rolled like our DM rolls attack rolls. So <laughs> yeah, basically, it's not it's a good thing he wasn't attacking yesterday. So 
Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, Susan has, has started a new AU for uh, Maelstrom Radio. We have Chonky Joker and Ryuji. All right. Sure. I'll take it. I'll take Chonky Joker. Persona Maelstrom. Uh, well, and also there's some slight cat news. Uh, Ash, uh, Susan has mm. wires under her work desk, and our cat. We uh, Susan bought boxes. Yeah, Susan bought boxes to tuck all like the loose wires near the bottom, and it looks very neat. And all the rest of the wires up flat against the wall, uh, except Ash is now taking it upon himself to attack the wall where the wires are. Uh, thus proving that Ash does uh, has uh, gives no uh, does no has no cares. He just all all will be attacked. Ash is the killer of wires and and unplugged her work computer when she was midday working. <laughs> so, but uh, since Susan was like high pitched uh, squealing at Ash uh, because of that, uh, Poe now protects the under wires from her. De- like Poe now goes <laughs> under the desk to protect the wires. So kind oh, of a, good. kind of a win. Like Poe the dog has never really hung out in the rooms, but now Poe the dog will hang out in rooms to protect wires. So two for it, one. It's a win. It's a it works. It works. Dogs are coming in rooms and 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 protecting wires is really what we wanted to do here. So uh let's let's talk about a little bit uh let's the business uh, as we like to call it here. Uh so uh, we have some upcoming shows uh, that we're excited to talk about. Next Friday, uh, that's August 27th, Jen and Eric from Jen and Eric Live will be here. That's right. Uh, former uh, World of Warcraft streamers now streaming Final Fantasy and various other games. Uh, cosplayers, and of course, they are... Uh, <laughs> yeah, they also... Well, generic, yeah, recently, no, generic, yeah. <laughs> yes. It's, uh, they, they also recently, uh, they've completed Shadowbringers, but they just recently became dwarves. Dwarves, yeah, they all just changed dwarves. In-game. Yeah, uh, I got the note typed in, in our chat that's generic, not Jen and Eric, but their names are, uh, yeah. <laughs> they, play on words. Jen and Eric from Generic Live. Eric Lives, yes. It's, did I not point out the uh, long week juice? <laughs> all right, I just wanted to make sure that everybody understood yeah. where this is going. Uh also, uh, the week after that, uh, Vegan Pete from She Hills I Tank will be here. We have not talked to uh, Vegan Pete, my uh, counterpart. I meet Pete. He's Vegan Pete. It works out. Uh, we'll be here. Uh, team Whiskers teammate, uh, Deja Vudea. Am I saying that right? I believe I said it right. No. Deja Vudea. This is our... our uh, yeah, Deja Vudea. Okay, Deja Vudea. Oh, boy. Really? All right. Uh, I won't question it. I Listen, again, have I talked about our Lord and Savior uh, long week juice? <laughs> uh, the, the return Just of the... Just in case you forgot, yeah. our, our final announcement is uh, we will have eventually a routine of our Choose Your Own Adventure with Safe Estefaroff. That's the one I probably could have said, okay. <laughs> well, I got you. <laughs> Uh, and of course, we reached 500 followers on Twitch, and we want to thank you. And uh, so, we want you to please look forward to Peter and Quentin finally playing It Takes Two during Labor Day weekend. Uh, exact days and times will be announced. So, just keep a lookout on our social medias and in our Discord. We will let you know when we're going to be playing. Uh, yeah, soon. And honestly, thank you for helping us get here because uh, we should have been here probably a long time ago, but hey. <laughs> 277 left. 
I mean, less now. We only need 267 now, but yeah, 200, we're, getting oh, 200, closer. we're getting there. Get one yeah. viewer at a time. So yes, yes. So, uh, and there's man, there actually was some gaming news, uh, and and well, there's gaming, news. gaming, and 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 community news. So first of all, a friend of the podcast, Escalia, she is starting her own podcast and looking for co-hosts. So, uh, uh, first and foremost, Chili. Don't you you do too many things. <laughs> so don't don't apply. <laughs> but if you are interested in joining Escalia, uh you need to go check out her post, read through it, make sure it is a fit for you. Uh uh, uh am I am I incorrect to saying that Escalia wants to have the uh the gayest and thirstiest FFX IV podcast ever being created. I mean, there's not really a whole lot of them out there right now that I'm aware of. So yes, she's got that covered. All right. It's also a paid gig, uh, which is pays more than what we pay, which is zero dollars. <laughs> so less than. Well, yeah, true. <laughs> uh, well. <laughs> Join Maelstrom Radio. You'll be in debt. <laughs> so, I mean, if you think about it, since we've joined, you guys bought a house. So very true. Yeah. All right. But yeah. And got a cat. Like we're, just... we're building equity. <laughs> all right. The cat. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Final Fantasy uh, 14 is, is getting uh, things ready for Endwalker. There will be a live stream to go along with the stress test on Mana Data, uh, Mana Data Center on Friday, August 27th. Uh, so that's uh, that's the Oceanic server, or is that a whole new data center? Uh, they can't stress test something that doesn't exist, I don't believe. So that won't be the... Uh, I don't think that's the Oceanic server. So we're get, we, we are getting a whole new data center? No, like it. Oops. I mean, is there a mana data center now? It's Japan. Okay, Chili says it's Japan, I think. Okay. Yeah, as I say, it, it, it's, I can't remember which one it is, but uh, yeah, it's an existing data center. So it's not the Oceanic one. That one will still, that still has to come. Got it. Okay, it's a Japanese data center. Okay. So Friday, August 27th, hopefully, maybe. No, that was September. Never mind. I'm not going to, there's no job stuff. Don't listen to me. That's September. Uh, <laughs> Also, uh, this, August, is, this is literally one week from today. So yeah, yeah. Also, Friday, August twenty seventh, the Rising is back. Uh, I didn't participate in the last Rising, so I'm sure I'll buy whatever the hell they gave away last year off the Mog Station. Uh, there was some surprise text underneath. I think Susan pointed it out. Uh, some previous rewards may be available from the vendors. Oh, oh, mm. oh, oh. Well. You might not have to bring out the real monies. Finally. Ah, as is posting in chat there, Ch certain items available during previous iterations of the event can be obtained via the Rising Avenger. <laughs> Chili, Chili just coming in here squashing my hopes and dreams. Fireworks, probably. Just fireworks. Come on, Chili. Hey, what if they gave us some more of the Realm Reborn Red? Uh, well. Gotta stock, you gotta stock up I was about year. to do the animation for it, and then I realized I should not do that animation on stream. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> clip it. Woo! Uh, so, uh, of course, Susan says I will be so delighted to acquire the red moon parasol. I, I went to go look at it. It's not bad looking again. I just, 
Umbrellas don't do anything. They just hold them. They don't, they're not, they don't do anything. They don't, they just don't do anything. But they don't do anything. They don't, just don't do anything. Can't even emote. I was like, oh, can I at least emote with an umbrella? Like if I could like wave with an umbrella. No, you can't even do that. They do nothing. They do nothing. They stop the rain. Chilling, they do nothing. <laughs> the rain doesn't affect me in game. It does nothing. In fact, it just stops the cool like weather effect of myself getting wet. And I like that effect. That's not I, our podcast. That's a that's, that's a Scalia's podcast. No, I, well, I like getting wet, so maybe I'll go apply that. <laughs> no. All right. The interesting news about the Magic: The Gathering animated series: uh, the Russo brothers are out, and uh, you you pointed something out here, and I think you're excited about it. So I'm gonna let you talk about this. I had no idea this was this was even happening, and I play Magic: The Gathering. I wasn't aware that there was a Magic the Gathering animated series. I kind of have heard about it in the background, uh, but just no, just one of the artists or writers that I follow uh, is involved with it. So that's why that's that's how I found out about it. Nice. That's, that's all I know. All right. That's still cool, though. I'm excited to see where a Magic the Gathering series goes. It depends on what arc it's in. I don't remember. I didn't read up on it aside from that. But they've got a lot of good lore in the back. Like Magic the Gathering as a game is kind of. It's its own thing. Love it or leave it. But their lore is fairly in-depth. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For a card game. Yeah. I mean, there's tons of stuff. And the card art is always so good. It is. I would love... I I found one time was, like, a complete, like, I think a Japanese artist did a Magic the Gathering card of, like, now if they did a whole series of, like, Eastern-inspired, like, yokai... Oh, I would... Where's that? Where can I get? All right, never mind. I like that. Wait, you mean like Yokai Watch? No. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Uh, You're just looking at like like Easter, like you're looking for like a Yokai type series? I got you. Is there one? Uh, There's a few. Yokai Uh, are fair. It's like trying to find like magical beings in North America. There's a ton of series around that. Susan's like Yu Gi Oh! We'll talk after stream. <laughs> All right. I know there is an American artist who draws Japanese yokai, and it's really like I would get a tattoo of his art. That's how good it is. Like it's it's creepy. Like I. Anyway, anyway uh, Final Fantasy fourteen. Uh, I inspired uh, Chili and I inspired somebody uh, with our LunarCon event. So if you didn't know, uh, Chili and I did a LunarCon panel about hey, so you want to be a Final Fantasy fourteen podcaster and. Somebody listened to us and actually created a show. <laughs> so we inspired uh, um, Matthew and Beth of the Just Sort of Casual. It's a show where two friends talk about the lore of Final Fantasy XIV in an accessible way to old and new players, in addition to talking about news, in-game events, and community projects. Matthew, known online as Tibby and Salts, uh, mentioned in the first episode he was inspired by myself and Chili. Uh, and our panel at Lunacon. So, congrats. Like, uh, awesome. Like, this is the perfect time to create a podcast. It's right before Endwalker. The game is blowing up. Uh, congratulations. And I, I honestly, I, I wish you well. Like, I'm, I'm happy that I inspired you. We've been doing this for five years, and I, I inspired one person. I, <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> I did it. Finally. <laughs> So, uh, in all honesty, uh, please go check out just just sort of casual. Oh, two. Oh, yeah, two people. Uh, yeah, Beth. Beth is his friend. Well, no, I do. Well, three, two. There's, <gasps> there's another, another. There's another group. 
There's another? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't count us. <laughs> you? We have, we have a longtime friend of the show who pops in very sporadically. Uh, you mean uh, Safe and Sephiroth? He very, he very, very, very rarely streams nowadays because he's been busy with his new job. But he most recently did a tank episode. What? Brohamet? <laughs> Chili says Brohamet. Talon. <gasps> How did you forget Talon? I did forget Talon. You're right. I forgot. I Well, I forgot Talon uh, <clears throat> because... Uh, <laughs> Susan said it right. Salad was inspired by MR. That's true. You might have, you <laughs> might have been inspired. By I don't know it. if necessarily was inspired, but we definitely, he definitely, like we talked to him a lot about it while he was getting set That's up and, and running, and, and we, I know we, that he's thanked us a few times. Yeah, we we oh. did. I, we did uh, we did give him a lot of pointers uh, early on. He's like a talent I thought was from She Hills. I, I mean. Start a podcast. Either way, just grab a microphone and and, and shout your opinions into it. Someone will listen. <laughs> That's the point. To be fair, Chili, you could literally be from any podcast in Final Fantasy, and they'd probably be right. And everybody is from She Hells. I'm from She Hells. I tank. I'm just, you know, bizarro. I'm, I'm bizarro vegan Pete. Meat Pete. <laughs> I'm not Avi. <laughs> She's much better than I am. <laughs> well, let's find out. Today's main topic. <laughs> you got to listen to an interview where Susan asked me a ton of questions and I answered very truthfully. Uh, so today, after 160 episodes, we want you to get to know Quentin a little bit better. Uh, and honestly, Quentin's probably the more mysterious one out of anybody on the team. So let's get into it. Quentin, are you ready? No. No. All right. Well, then. <laughs> we got a lot of questions. But, and from, from a, I was a surprised. Lot, I, so was I from, from a lot of different people in our community. So let's, get, let's just get started. This is from Tibian. Speaking of uh, just, just sort of casual uh, hosts, uh, Tibian says, uh, what was your first console or PC? Uh, what was your first console or PC? Mm -hmm. What was your first right. game? Or, or well, we'll break it into parts. I can I can ask you all the questions, or how do you want me? To, do you want me to ask you question by question and let you answer, or do you want me to tell you all the like questions? It might be easier to answer per question, so I don't have to think back and like answer eighteen questions depending on. I know Safe had like a safe, paragraph. Safe has many questions, and he demands answers. They were so great let's, questions. Let, let's get let's get started. Uh, so, what was your first console or PC? Uh, technically, my first was a console because I didn't get it by PC until I was around nine-ish. Uh, but I did have consoles younger than that. Uh, I am a 90s kid, so my first console that I had was a Sega Saturn. That's a good console. Then, a, then an N64. Did it was a good console. I didn't appreciate it as much as when I had it, uh, but it was a very, very good console. I don't Lots think a lot. I don't think younger people appreciated it as much as they should have, and then later on in life, you're like, dang, that was a good console. It was a great console. Yeah. Panzer Dragoon. I do remember that I really, uh, I, I did enjoy, uh, other people had Sega Genesis. That was a really good console that I liked. Um, and of course, the N64 was a really popular one. Uh, yeah, my favorite one back on uh, Sega Saturn, I really enjoyed um, 
Sonic 3D Adventures. Yes. And uh, which is a weird, it's like a top-down isomorphic Sonic. It was unique, it is, but it was it, fun. It, it, it was very unique. It was very unique. And the other one was uh, Virtua Fighter, which is not Mortal Kombat, but like same idea. Uh, you're absolutely right. Oh, Virtua Fighter. Oh, my God. Uh, you're taking yeah, me Virtua back. Fighter. Yeah, you're taking me back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is good 25 years ago. Remember the, just the giant block hands of the fighters? <laughs> Like punching you with crates. Oh, maybe it was a different one. I think I had a later version of Virtua Fighter. I can't remember was which it, one it was. Was it like Virtua? Three. Okay, so they had yeah, they had less. Virtua Fighter One was literally less blocky. Yeah, yeah, it was like they were punching you with crate hands. <laughs> so, uh, so what was your very first game? Like, Good like, like your very like as far back as you can remember. I honestly can't remember. I do remember playing games very young. Uh, my dad did have a laptop that he was working from, like the good old like two-inch thick massive laptops with tiny little screens on them. Yes. Uh, where we had uh-huh. three and a half inch floppy disks, uh, which weren't actually floppy disks. But anyways. Uh, for you young folks at home. <laughs> for the, well, no, they weren't floppy. The floppy were the old 14-inch. I've never seen those in use. Um, but anyways, the three and a half inch floppy. I, I have. When you had to like swap them in between because... It only held so much data, so you had to swap between like six different discs. Um, there was a few games that I remember playing, and there was a few that I really, really, really liked, and I can't remember what they are. Um, <laughs> like I have memories that I was playing them, but I can't remember them. One of them I do remember um, that was on the floppy was, I swear it was like a Wizard of Oz game, and I can't, that, that's all I remember. Like, like a point-and-click adventure? That was very popular back then. Possibly, I, I, that's why I can't remember. Like, it, it's really weird because I have memories of playing these games, but I could not tell you what you they are. Yeah, I get it. Um, in terms of like early-ish games, again, the Sega Saturn ones are probably up there because that was my first console. Around that time, I'd also, from like renting, I had played stuff like Pokemon Snap, Pokemon Stadium. Uh, I guess that was a few years later because we're getting into Pokemon at that time, which is... Late two thousands. Sorry, sorry. Late nineteen nineties. Oh, um, yeah. Those are probably my earliest games. Games. If we're talking like earliest PC games, uh, we're looking into things like Diablo, uh, probably Math Blaster, uh, some of those education ones, The Sims, original Sims. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of Sim City. I played a little bit, but was, I, I prefer the regular Sims. I like creating disasters. I was just like tornado, let's survive. <laughs> I did I that in the Sims, but it was like pool, ladder, yeah. So, uh, all right. And is there a comfort food style game you play that isn't Final Fantasy fourteen? It's a good question. I don't think there's a game that I tend to go back to, like fourteen. Miss uh, <laughs> Vader in chat knows me very well. Legend of Zelda. Um, that's true as a as a Hades. franchise. The <laughs> Zelda series is definitely there. Um, as I stand, I have two games that I have not even started playing that are both Zelda sitting in front of me. Yep. Um, the two latest ones. Um, Chili thinks that it's Hades. Uh, Hades was my game of the year 2020 uh, by far, hands down. That that wins. Um, is it a comfort game? Don't know. It's definitely one that I would go back to and play. I haven't in a while. Um, I'm trying to think of other things. Now, there's, but there's not really a game that I kind of go back to like 
often. Like I've wanted to think, I've thought about going back to The Sims now and then, but I haven't. Um, it's not something I tend to do in general. In terms of like genres of games that I would go to, it's going to be probably just like RPG style. Story Fair. driven is usually pretty good. Fair. <laughs> Fair. All right. Well, uh, as, as we said earlier, Seferoth has uh, several questions, and I think and he he demands answers for all of them. So let's let's. So let's, does Susan though? So it, all, I agree. Susan does also have a lot of questions, but Safe. I mean, has, she had a question before. Oh. Oh, she did. I so sorry. <clears throat> what is the first video game? I that got made, you, Susan. She, thank you. Uh, what was the first video game that made you love video games? <laughs> uh, hmm. I have to probably say that Sonic game, honestly. Uh, that was I, I spent a lot of time in that game. I really enjoyed it. In terms of like, it, it wasn't really like genre defining or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't like this game was going to get me to play all the Sonic games. Spoilers, it didn't. Uh, but like, I, Ms. Vader was in there probably expecting me to say something like Ocarina of Time because that was a, a huge impact and that was a very good game it was a very fun and even more than that Majora's Mask has always stayed with me um actually even more than those two um and this kind of I guess goes back to Tibet's other question of like comfort food style games there was a game that I played extensively as a kid and I've replayed it in the last few years as well and that was The Legend of Zelda um Zelda has way too many titles, and my brain is currently mush because of Friday. Um, what was it? Uh, not Link's Awakening. It, Link's, I was going to say, it's not when uh, Miss Vader said Wink's, uh, no, it wasn't uh, Wind Waker, Waker, but it, I knew it was Link's Awakening because oh. it was the drop-down yeah. uh, Game Boy. Uh, so, old Game Boy one. And the Seasons games, of course, or the Oracle games. Those really need a remake. And I'm going to interject questions that uh, I, I come up with on the fly. because that I By all means. So, I, so you said that made you love video games. But what was the very first game that made you consider uh, video games as, a, as an art form? Like, what was the game that was like, man, th- like th- they are. Like that I didn't really consider it just as a game. Yeah. But it could also be more than that. More than that, yes. I, this is good a good question. question. Like I can't, yeah, like, I, I can't really think because I feel like when I was younger, I didn't quite appreciate it as much. Especially like even with something like The Sims, where I was effectively creating all these different things of art, different houses, different lifestyles, different situations, different scenarios. Like technically, that was kind of artistic, but I'd never really considered it in that light. Um, playing games since then, I'm trying to think of, of things that kind of jump out, and the only one that does off the top of my head was journey Journey. which we know is an incredibly good artistic storytelling game very good and for those that you don't know Um, journey is a game with no uh like like i I don't want to say cutscenes, but there's no no, text there's no text uh there's no there's no there's no story it's visual storytelling yeah yeah, so it's it's how you experience interpretation exactly anybody can experience that game very differently and take take things away from it and how they play that game it's a very moving game uh and i suggest if you you can play it go play it it's very fun so (laughs) yeah 
And I had a really good experience when I played it the first time because, I, for those of you who don't know, it is a single-player game, but it's also online. So a random people can join your world, um, and they'll come in and out of your world, kind of like phasing. But uh, again, you can't communicate. There's no voice chat. There's no text. There's no anything. So you can just kind of jump around and, like, woo, make some yeah, noise. It's, yeah, that's it. That's it. And which, they, is, which is about it. And they go but on their journey. But that's a communication method. As as anyone who's ever played games, jumping is the most important communication method between players. But I as people kind of go us. back and forth and, and in and out, uh, I did come across one person who probably was about a third of the way through, and they stayed with me the entire time. They showed me all of the hidden sh- like secrets all around everything. Like they're That's like, awesome. come over here, come over here, check out this, and basically like led me through the game without knowing anything else. That's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, and that was just a really neat experience, especially because you can't communicate and you don't really know what that other person is thinking or why they did it. So it was just a really neat experience. Yeah. Um, but I, as I was thinking about that, there was a game that I played before Journey that was a very similar in that, and that's Limbo. Yes. Limbo on PC is a very, well, it's in other uh, consoles now too as well, but Limbo is a very good uh, game as well where it has very muted storytelling elements, very muted visuals. It's very, very dark, kind of, well, dark visually and dark Mm -hmm. story-wise. It's just a very interesting way to tell a story again. And it's these sort of smaller games that um, I find very, very artistic, very, very interesting, and very rewarding to play through. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) All right, uh, now to Safe. Safe, I know you have a lot of questions, so we're going to get through them. Uh, Safe would wa- wants to know why did you start getting into podcasting to begin with? So we're going to go with the true question here, right? Or true answer. Yeah. So if we're talking about podcasting in general, not Maelstrom Radio, uh, and it was serendipity. I was part of a fan community for the uh, MMO Rift at the time. It was called Planes of Talara. Joined an IRC server. Was chatting with a bunch of really cool people. And ended up actually getting involved with a uh, fan site. Uh, and we actually, a bunch of us were creating different fan sites. And uh, it was part of this like little community. We had a really great relationship with the devs. Community team was a lot of fun. Um, but as part of that, one of the other people that I met in that group at the time um, had created a podcast for this. And it was the only podcast for this game at the time. And it was by far the largest podcast at the time. Um, and we, it, we actually lasted until just after release when the host had to uh, retire due to some personal reasons. Um, but it was a, a really cool experience. And I basically just kind of jumped in and they're like, hey, we need some help. So I'm like, okay, I'll help you with your website. And then it kind of went from there. I ended up helping do a little, a few producer stuff, for, uh, producer-like stuff, things for them. I can't words. I don't have long weekend juice. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's how it kind of started with the podcasting stuff. And then through them, I had other friends that I knew from that and through various communities, whether it was going through Guild Wars 2 a few years later, I was involved with a podcast with people that I knew from that. Uh, EverQuest Next to the next uh, game after that that came out where Peter and I originally met. Um, he was doing a podcast for that. I was helping on, of course, another website. Uh, which had its own podcast. We won't talk about that for many reasons. And then uh, that kind of fell through. And then a few years later, Peter's like, hey, so do you want to do a podcast? And I'm like, sure, why not? I got nothing else to do. Ah. And that's how Maelstrom Radio started. (laughs) 
Sounds accurate. <laughs> serendipity. Yeah, just the right time. That's just, you just strike when the iron's hot. <laughs> yep. Uh, so was it MMOs then podcasting, or did you have aspirations to work on radio or something like that before taking up MMOs? A really interesting question. So mm-hmm. MMOs came first. Uh, I've been playing EverQuest. I played EverQuest 1 since 2003 and EverQuest 2 since 2004. Uh, switching to various MMOs since around 2010, uh, 2009-2010. I've kind of hopped back and forth, and I've been in Final Fantasy now since I want to say 2014, I think. Uh, something like that. Whenever So, uh, no, I was, I was around Heavensward launch is when I joined. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember yeah, I was trying I to started switch late. Everybody should Yeah, you, you tried me. I played it for Extra Life for a year, got my bar to 30, Yeah, stopped playing for another eight months, and then I started actually playing, and that was the end of that. Yeah. Um, so MMOs definitely came first. I've always had a, a love for MMOs much longer than that. Podcasting came, again, serendipitously. It, it happened much later. Uh, I wouldn't be in podcasting if it wasn't for MMOs. Uh, but interestingly enough, before MMOs were... A big thing for me. Excuse me. Uh, there were certain online websites. Uh, that sounds really sketchy when I put it that way. <laughs> Virtual <Reddit>. world precursors <laughs> to a lot of the, the things that you see nowadays. Uh, it was Habo Hotel for those who are that old. Um, that's still around, by the way. Uh, my friend and I, friends and I played around on that, and one of the things that was really big on there was different radios. So way, way, way back when, my friend actually did like a shoutcast Winamp radio show on there and where we'd basically just play music because it was the internet. It was the Wild West. No one cared. Um, I copyright. Time. I miss those days. <laughs> LimeWire. Napster. Um, yeah, Neopets was another big one, but I wasn't involved in... I did play Neopets for a while. They're still alive and very hungry. Um, but the Habbo Hotel, it, that one, we had a pretty good community going. I did end up doing a little bit of DJing on that for a while. Uh, you'll never find that anywhere because it was the early internet. We don't have recordings. Um, but it was fun. So that, that's kind of my, my first introduction into like radio sort of stuff. And what a lot of people don't know is when I was actually in school, um, high school at this point. Um, that, that was actually pre-high school. But anyways, in high school... I've known for a long time I've wanted to go into software development. That's what I ended up doing. But I, there was a point when I almost kind of switched over into broadcasting, um, which includes like TV and radio. So uh, there was definitely a, some influence there, and, and that's kind of why I've jumped into some of this now. I'm not going to dox myself any more than that. <laughs> So, uh, what recording equipment do you use? Ah. Well. Uh, so, a lot of this is from Peter, because Peter gets the equipment, and then he's like, I like this, and then I pick it up as well. And then I get a whole bunch of other stuff, and he's like, ah, okay, now I'll get it too. So, our budgets are not very great with this. But anyways, uh, for my streaming setup, I have just my regular desktop PC. Uh, it is about four or five... Uh, it is four years old now, actually. I built it four years ago this month. Um, it has, it was pretty good at the time. 32 gigs of RAM. It's got an eight core AMD. I can't remember the exact processor. One of it's an AMD 
processor, which is pretty good. It's got a 1080 Ti in it. It, it runs fairly good. Um, nothing too fancy nowadays, but it's pretty good enough. Uh, I've got a dual monitor setup. Would like more. Don't want to get more space. Uh, in terms of the actual podcasting equipment, I have just a regular pair of earbuds because I, my other headphones broke. Uh, I am using the Elgato mic. Uh, the Wave 3 from Elgato, uh, which was a recommendation from Peter, uses the same mic. We have the same microphones for this. I have a Logitech uh, 920 webcam, so nothing too fancy there either. I've had that for probably a decade. Um, my lighting right now is currently an Elgato ring light. It works fairly well, although there's some things that I would still like to change, whether that's... Anyways. Um, in addition to that, I just have I, I do have a stream deck that I, I have for some of my own streaming. Uh, I haven't really set it up a whole lot, so I, I will have to get better with that. Um, and then I have a, an Elgato capture card in my uh, computer as well, so if I ever want to stream the Switch, then I can stream it through as well. Because um, my Switch is sitting right in front of me. Um, is there any other pieces of equipment that we're missing? Get the green screen. Also Elgato. The, the green screen, yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of Elgato stuff. We're not sponsored. <laughs> not sponsored yet. Uh, I have a pretty basic code keyboard. It's called Code. Mechanical, it's clicky. And my, my Logitech Naga, or not Naga, Logitech uh, MMO mouse. Yeah, the, Elgato, please sponsor us. We would love that. Oh, please, yes. I still or, need two. I still need two more lights up here, and those oh, aren't cheap. Honestly, and honestly, Corsair. I I I bought Susan. Your I would take Corsair. I would. I have a Corsair Scimitar and a Corsair keyboard. So Susan uses the Corsair keyboard that I bought for. Her. Uh, mm-hmm. Please, Corsair. Cor- actually, Corsair. If, if this mouse ever died, I would go with the Corsair mouse. Oh, the Scimitar so good. Susan, yeah. uh, I, Susan can't use the. Uh, an MMO mouse. Uh, not that that's, the show's about Susan, but she has issues. She's like, I'm old. <laughs> I use it for a few buttons now because I don't want to reach over, but uh, yeah, same. it's more lazy. Yeah. Also, I have a, a very nice, you, you can't really see it from here because it's usually black, but I have a very nice ergonomic uh, desk chair. You have a great it's chair. It's not a fancy gamer chair. Yeah, you have a great chair. Yeah, uh, it is. It's a really good chair. It, it is a Herman Miller chair i remember uh, the name uh and body uh, the next question is do you recommend it so what out of all that what do you recommend or yes so uh, definitely the chair yeah although if anyone looks up the price for that chair y- y- yep that is correct and also i it is 100 percent worth it i have no no problem i've used this thing for three years and i sit in it now quite a lot because i'm working from my home so worth it. Um, same thing with my desk, which is a sit-stand desk. Um, out of all of the equipment that I, I have, uh, the thing that I most would recommend is probably the... Mm, I'm not a huge one to stream myself. I do find that I, I really do like my microphone. I don't find I don't think that it's probably necessary for a lot of people, especially if you're starting up soon. But the Elgato mic is really, really nice. Um, I would not recommend the Elgato ring light uh, unless you're doing specific content creation where you, the, the camera is sitting in the ring light and you're staring right at the ring light. Because we're looking at our monitors here, we have the camera above and the ring light above that. It doesn't give great solo light, so you can definitely go for cheaper lights, not a ring light in that sense. 
Um, if you had, if if you want to have like a full full lighting setup, great to have, but not as a solo light, I, in my opinion. Um, in terms of streaming, I think the most useful piece for any person is going to be a stream deck or something that can act like a stream deck, because having the ability to sit here, click a button, move your stream your, your scenes around, change everything. Um, I haven't used it so much to what it is. I do have a few scenes set up for my own streaming. Um, but over the last few months, Peter and I have worked to set up his stream deck and the amount of actions and stuff that we've been able to automate and make better, just it really helps with the stream. Really um, and we're not even anywhere close to some of the things that we can do with it. So yeah. Uh, yeah, it's very exciting. It, and just, just to give you a quick idea, like our intro and outros are just literally one button press. I, it's hands off at that point. It plays the music, it switches the scene and takes us off and mutes the mics and, and play like it does everything. It's stacked and everything. So it took four and a half years to convince them to do it, but we finally did it. <laughs> Well, it was more like audio routing, but I think once I got this mic installed and the software installed, I was able to mm. do it a little. It, it it really was just a software limitation for the last couple of years. It's when I got this mic, the Wave 3, and the software that comes with it, which is the Wave Link, uh, we were able to do it a lot easier. Uh, but just because the Stream Deck and the Wave Link, everything talks to each other, so it makes it a little bit easier yeah. uh, to do things like that. So just just a heads up and- for, for those out there. Uh, Chili is saying that he, he tried the stream deck and it killed his phone battery, so he got rid of it. And like they do have the phone app, and that's probably going to happen because your screen has to be left on and all of that for it to be useful. Um, if you are interested in doing it, the actual physical hardware stream deck is very good. Uh, I know that it typically goes on sale, and they've got a few versions of it now, so you might be able to find older ones for cheaper. Um, there's also, I think, three different sizes: a small, a regular, and an extra large now. Um, so there, there's lots of different options, and for most people, even the small one is probably going to be more than enough. Uh, Peter and I have the the regular, the original, the the six by three, or sorry, five by three. Yeah. Um, which is a lot of buttons. Honestly, mine has uh, four used right now. I, I, and I one of them is to turn on my light. I I use a lot, and honestly, uh, I created folders, and I just go into those folders like. I do, one of my buttons is a folder which has a whole bunch of other stuff. That's my streaming stuff. But. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's very a, helpful. It's a great piece of kit. I mean, if you get the new one, um, I'm sure it's also just as good. It's just a, like a reha- like a revamp version. But if this one, the old one, goes on sale, grab it. It's just, it works just as well. Like I don't, yeah. I don't. I mean, other than like the cut, like the lighting and stuff on the new one, I don't think there's much difference. So. It really comes down to like if it's something you think you would be useful, any size is going to fit your need. Just figure out what your budget is with that, and if you need to wait for it to go on sale, see what the historical sales are, and just kind of wait for that. Uh, typically around like Black Friday in the U.S., there's a lot of good things. And yes, chili size doesn't matter. There you go, Susan. I'll give you another freebie. So for like in Chili's case, like Chili might only need like the three button uh, uh, stream deck. Like the little mini one, where it's only three bucks. <laughs> why? Why are you face <laughs> He might only need three. Chili, I see you. Don't worry. <laughs> you you do you do you can do everything in the world with three. All right, don't worry. Uh, do you like hurting people, Quentin? <laughs> like... No. Okay. Well, that's easy. Is it true that Canadians are born with resistance to cold as a stat buff, or is it learned behavior? 
Uh, we are born with it, but we also have additional bonuses the longer that we stay. Okay. Uh, do you have any interest in tabletop games? I do, actually. Uh, as we've been talking about repeatedly for the past few months, uh, we're involved with a Dungeons & Dragons campaign currently, uh, which I believe is based off of 5th edition. I have been playing Dungeons & Dragons on and off for almost 20 years. Um, back to 3.5. Uh, outside of that, I've, I've played a couple different versions of Dungeons & Dragons uh, over the years. I haven't really gotten into any other tabletop games in that sense. I never got into Warhammer or anything like that. Watched the people over there. Very, very cool. Did not want to get into minis. Um, or painting. But uh, in terms of like the, the question I know is talking about tabletop games, but we're talking about like board games as well. Uh, I, I do have a small handful, but they tend to need other people to play. And all the people that I know who would play board games currently live on the opposite side of the country um, in a different country. Oh. So, well, also, yeah, Peter is there, but also all the people that I know back in uh, Canada. So uh, I, ha I have a lot of interest in a lot of these things, but not a lot of time. Um, <laughs> there is um, certain things you can do with like tabletop, uh, like virtual tabletop, which we've tried a few times, which has been pretty good. Uh, and I have played games a few times with people here. That's just trying to get people together, especially in a pandemic is difficult. Uh -huh. um, that's a Fick Watts thing, by the way. Now we're part of Watts Fick. Um, yeah. Uh, so what about what about other it's nerdy shit? So what about other nerdy shit outside of MMOs? Well, if we don't count the entirety of other games that we've talked about um, having, we'll get to that in a second. So if we're not talking about outside of like MMOs, of course, we have all the other video games. Of course, I'm a huge Zelda fan. I like a lot of RPGs. Um, I do have a PS5. I do have my PS4, my Switch. Uh, a bunch of Nintendo consoles, um, all that sort of fun stuff. Uh, I have been to a couple gaming cons, but of course nothing in a long time and, and very, very few. Um, outside of that, if we do have to include just general nerdy stuff, um, we, I watch a lot of anime, or I did watch a lot of anime. haven't lately because I've been busy, but anime. we've talked about that. I, I put the channel in our, our Discord, yeah, so that I, of course is there. Comics, I will say you do collect and buy a lot of uh, comics. I was going to get that. I, I read a lot of comics. Um, when I checked at the beginning of this year, I was reading over 100 different comics, uh, web comics. Um, I've gained a lot through there. Uh, most recently, I have completed um, the comic Tower of God. It's on Webtoon. Uh, they also made an anime out of that last year. Um, so I watched the anime, and I've kind of looked at it and then uh, I read through the entire comic, which is almost 400 episodes, and they're long episodes. Um, but it was very, very fun to, to catch up over the past week or so on that, so I really enjoyed that. Um, I'm actually wearing a comic shirt right now that chat can't see. Um, I'm wearing an anime shirt that chat can't see. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> You're wearing anime? Yeah, I'm wearing Wait, anime. wait, what is that? Uh, Samurai Champloo. <laughs> Ah, okay, I haven't seen which that is, one. Which is one of my I, favorite. It's like hip. Like I love it. It's it's from the creators of uh, Cowboy Bebop. It's so good. I got I got I can wrap my uh, broken mug with the blood in it. Coffee. Uh, that's from a comic called uh, Lies Within. It lieswithincomic.com. Anyways, the uh, <laughs> Canadian artist set in Toronto. 
Uh, Susan says confession: the anime channel is the MR Discord, and the the, the MR Discord is the one channel I have muted. <laughs> to be I, fair, I understand that. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, uh, I will say uh, I I tend to not like make Susan watch anime, and I do watch anime rather late at night or very early in the morning if I wake up before her. Like I'll like like Saturday morning cartoon myself. <laughs> Except for banana, uh, banana was that's an important one. That's banana's important. I think uh, anything. Metal cat. Yeah, donut cats is good. Uh, mm-hmm. She likes donut cats. Uh, there's there's a few. <laughs> uh, she and she yeah she's like I do like some anime. I like the movies more than shows. Oh, that's true. But there's some that's there fair. are there are some shows that I consider like top tier. So like, I'm gonna fan for a little bit. Sure. Um, and tell everyone to go watch Promare because and it, if I don't say that, I know I'm going to get called out for it later and I will probably get called for it out for mentioning it. But anyways, go watch Promare. It's very good. Uh, it's a movie. <laughs> it is by Studio Trigger. All right. I don't have to say anymore. Got it. Uh, last question Safe has is, who's the best husbando in Final Fantasy XIV? Uh, I don't know the answer to that question, but I will say that Grahatia is one of the best boys. Okay. Yeah. So uh, and Susan then, was a little bit worried because it, it's mm-hmm. not that. Uh, that's later in here. Well, we'll get to Grahatia. So, and Mr. Kantos asks, "Who's the best himbo in Final Fantasy XIV?" Now, I have an answer for this as well, but I want to see what yours is. So, I was re- really thinking about this. Be- oh, because I read it and I'm like, wait, who is the best himbo? And I found it to be really, really hard to figure out. Go ahead. Go ahead. You need to, so a himbo has three things. Yes. Right? You have to have all three of these things. Go for it. Not really that smart. Uh-huh. Very, very kind. Uh-huh. And beefy. Okay. And who so a lot of people when they think of I I know who you're thinking about. Oh, okay. But a lot of people when you have all of these things, like a lot of people will tend to go towards a few different things because yeah, you say Harshafan. Harshafan is not beefy. No, he's not beefy. <laughs> he's also he's a, he's relatively smart. Like he's 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 not too bad. Oh, he's super but I was great, thinking yeah. like thinking like Imark. Also okay. very smart. Also not beefy. Not doesn't fit into there. A lot of people like him. Estinian, not necessarily that smart. Not beefy though. Well, um, he's fit. He's he I mean, he's fit. <laughs> fit, but not like bulky. bulky. Like yeah, Himbo bulky. Is, is bulky. Yeah. Uh, yeah, need a beefy boy. There you go, Miss Vader. Um, Hien. I th- that was the first one that came to mind. Okay. In, in general. But he's a, he's the leader of Doma. He, he's got that smarts. He does have smarts. He's so very... he doesn't fit into the Himbo category. A lot of, as you keep thinking about it, there's not a lot of Himbos in Final Fantasy. Can, can I... <laughs> Can I go? I think we have different answers. <laughs> I think we but, do too. But go there ahead. There are two that I can think of in this mm. game. Your answer is going to be uh-huh. Hildebrand, isn't it? It is. <laughs> Hildebrand. It's Hildebrand. Uh, he fits. He's Kronk. <laughs> Kronk is he a does. Hi- he fits. He is a himbo. Yeah, but he I is would a like himbo. to point out that there is at least there is one other himbo in the game. Okay. That might also take it from him. Mm hmm. And that's Gilgamesh. <laughs> <laughs> Not Godbert. Godbert is smart. 
Godbert is smart. He doesn't make the best decisions, but he is smart. He is yeah. he's not a himbo. Yeah, Godbert's smart because you know he he will not he will not he will do anything he can not to upset his wife. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you know he's now, a smart man. <laughs> Gilgamesh is kind of iffy because he is like he's not necessarily always kind. So of that, Hildebrand would definitely, you know, yeah, Hildebrand would count. I was thinking Nashu for a second, but she's not beefy. If she was, she would be. She would be him. I'm sorry, she is not there. True, very, very true. But she's not there though. Anyways, yeah. So Hildebrand, I think, is going to be the ultimate himbo. Uh, definitely not the best husbando by far in 14, though. Yeah. So congratulations. <laughs> Hildebrand, best himbo. <laughs> Hildebrand, best himbo. Uh, question from our friend and Team Whiskers teammate, Chili, uh, from Mooga Around Radio. Uh, in Canada, is Canadian bacon just called bacon? He might ask. No. I think he's asking that legitimately. He may not know. <laughs> I, it is not called Canadian, Canadian bacon. Uh, we don't have a thing called Canadian bacon. Often in Canada, what Americans think of as American as Canadian bacon is actually just ham. Because mm-hmm. um, Americans don't know what Canadian bacon is. But the thing that Canadians consider Canadian bacon or that Americans would think that is Canadian bacon is called female bacon, typically in Canada, which is a uh, specially cured ham that is uh, coated in female, which is, sorry, cornmeal. Why it's called female, I can't remember. But female bacon is the thing that you're, to think, that you're looking for if you actually find it. That is, as Susan knew exactly what it was when I was going to bring it up, uh, female bacon is what you'd be looking for if you're looking for, quote, Canadian bacon. But also know that if you look for and find Canadian bacon in the U.S., that is typically just slices of ham. It is nothing like the thing in Canada. I actually have photos on my phone making fun of this because, of course, I saw it in the U.S. And just just know. Um, I have some female bacon in my freezer because I do know people that make it themselves here because you cannot buy it in the US or at least none in the places that we are aware of. So he buys pieces of ham, cures them, and makes actual female bacon. And he's Canadian so it's valid. It's delicious. You take it, you slice it into about a quarter inch or about a centimeter for other people. Um, You Put it in the frying pan with some butter. You fry it for about a minute on each side, and you're done. Uh, Susan says, uh, "New Jersey pork roll beats all, and, and aka it's also it, pork roll was also known as Taylor ham. It's kind of like it's 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 uh, like a spam sort of thing, but it's like not spam because it's actually like made. It, it's it's good. It's not bad. Like I've had it before." And it's like a New Jersey. It's a definitely a New Jersey. You can't get it anywhere else. It's, you can get it in New Jersey. It's like frustrating when that it's happens. very very local. It's a very local. I know, it's a pain. It is very much a pain. Yes, unfolding says depending on who you ask, the name may cause a fight. It, it that is very true. That the both companies fight with each other. Like they try like we did it first. It's a <laughs> it's a big thing. Uh, so. Uh, Anthro Phantasmus in our uh, Discord would like to know. What Tell on the name. Yeah, thank you. Uh, what do you think about my beard, my majestic beard? <laughs> I mean, that is the only word to describe it, right? It is majestic. <laughs> uh, like, I remember I remember when you shaved it off that one time, and that's just, nope, the beard is good. You've, 
You, I think you're one of the few people that I've, other than like my other friends that you know, like Sean and Lindsay and and like Curry and like like people we we know that have seen known me for a long time. Yeah, that have seen me like uh lo- have known me long enough to know that I've not always had the beard and that the beard. I think the beard t- to them the beard has been here <laughs> a shorter time than than you yep. knowing me. So uh, yeah, this the uh, I. I I'm still cute without the beard. It's just, <laughs> I mean, if you think that I have a baby face, sometimes I have a baby. Face. I got nothing on you. <laughs> yeah. I got, I really, got, I got a baby face. They ain't have <laughs> like the beard. You have grays and stuff in it. So like it ate, like I don't get carded, but if I shave this bad boy, it is, I, I, I'm looking 20 something, not, not, not yep. 36. <laughs> so you, uh, you probably look younger than I do. Maybe. Yeah. It's quite possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I've seen Peter without a beard. It's something. It's not bad. I, I luckily, I. It's not one of those things where I shave the beard and I have no chin. Like, like I have like, like I'm very lucky that I have a good jawline. Like, if I didn't have that, I'd be screwed when I shave this thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, this is from Susan. Do you own a Kigurumi? And if so, will you ever uh, wear one on a podcast? If I can get Peter to buy slash wear one as well. <laughs> I like how she's also linked to a very specific one mm-hmm. in the document. Yes. Um, which is a Pusheen. <laughs> she wants me to wear the Pusheen uh, Gigu. Yeah. So uh, I don't remember. I'm guessing that Susan didn't remember or wasn't involved. I'm pretty sure she was involved in those conversations because we were looking at these uh, last year uh, and debating to buy one. So the answer is no, I don't own one currently. Uh, would I wear one? Yes. Would I wear one just for the podcast? Sure. Does it have to be for the podcast? Not at all. <laughs> I would wear one just because I think they're really cool and a lot of them are cute and I would just get one. Um, I was looking at one that was for Toothless. Uh, I mean, we could always do... Well, we'll, we'll talk after the show. I don't want to like, say something and not deliver. <laughs> I don't want to promise something and not... Like, people in, chat, people in chat will be mad. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, question from Meowth900 on Twitter. What are Quentin's favorites? Mm-hmm. Flavor of ice cream. Ooh. Type of pie. Yes. Type of cake. And then type of pizza. So, those are your, what are your mm. favorites? What are your, so, ice cream is yes. I know flat out. Right. That. Most of these, I like, all, I, like, I like all of them, more or less. But, like, so, for ice cream, um, I, pretty much any ice cream, yes. If I had to choose a flavor, I'm probably going to go with either, like, a mint chocolate chip Excuse me, or something that's like a mixture of like caramel fudge and pretzels, because I like the sweet and salty ones. Yeah. Um, in terms of what else do we have here? Uh, pie. I, Ms. Vader in chat is very aware of my favorite type of pie, hands down, no question, no contest. Everyone else is wrong. Uh, it's pumpkin pie, and that's because I have a really good recipe for that. Really, you really do. <laughs> If, if anyone ever wants to uh, wants to know my, how my pumpkin pie or know the quality of my pumpkin pies, um, Peter has had it, Susan has had it, Ms. Vader has had it, and uh, Safa Sephiroth has my favorite quote I've ever heard in that uh, he thinks that I've ruined pumpkin pie for him. Yeah. It's, so it, it was delicious. I, I, um, I will... Also, last fan fest, I don't think it was nut-free chili, so I think that's why we didn't have it, but... Uh, I, next time I will make sure to make sure it's not 
No, no nuts. I, I will say that I, I think that every year going forward that I, we're just going to have to make your pie now every year. And <laughs> I know Susan's probably like shaking her head uh, in the room next to mine. But I don't or think I she'll disagree. Make it. I don't think she'll disagree, though. I think that it was worth the effort to make the pie. And then oh, yeah. so. <laughs> so the problem was when we made it at, during FanFest, we did all of it at once with a whole bunch of other things going on. It if you're bad. just making the pies themselves, it's a lot less work, especially because like we were only making it enough pies for the people there. But when you actually want to do it, you make more than what you actually need because sure. then you only do it once. Yeah. Right. Like the, the pumpkins. Uh, yeah. Pu- it, anyways, pumpkin freezes is okay. It doesn't. You know. You can get. You can get away. It with does. It. I have a whole bunch of chunks in my freezer still. And you can also make some really good pumpkin muffins with it. That. Oh boy. <laughs> we might have to. <laughs> might have to get on that t- train as well. Uh, also low carb. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> like. <clears throat> <laughs> Uh, Susan says I do uh, okay, much sorry. for Thanksgiving. I disagree. I think that I've I've figured out how to trim down Thanksgiving quite a, like I figured out a trim down Thanksgiving menu this year. Don't worry. So so here's what you do: you do the pumpkins and stuff in October when they're around for Halloween. Mm-hmm. Freeze it or yeah. make pie in October, and then take the frozen stuff out because you've already made pie in October. Then you take the frozen pumpkin and make that for November. See, easy peasy. Yeah. <laughs> One one little pumpkin will make two pies. Te- so technically, I'm off the whole week of Thanksgiving, so I have plenty of time to make pies and have everything ready so that I can eat and then play f- play and walk. And I well, no, I was gonna say what you would have leftovers for it, but it's the other way around. You have Endwalker and then Thanksgiving. Well, unless we do early Thanksgiving and then just do. I mean, Endwalker releases on the Friday, so you'd have to do Thanksgiving before the holiday. That's fine. There's going to be a downtime. But then you wouldn't be off. There is going to be down. I, listen, I can, I can prep. Make a pie at a time the server's crash challenge. Thank you. I can't eat that much pie. I, not to get too much into my Thanksgiving menu, but I, I, I am cooking just turkey breast this year, and I'm taking away other parts of the turkey. Uh, I'm finding uh, turkey breast on bone so I can make, you know, other, like, don't worry about it. Like I, I got it covered. It's going to be less of a hassle this year. Uh, uh, so cake, a uh, black yeah, forest. Cake. Okay. And or then, ice cream cake. Because, <laughs> you know, ice cream again. Yeah. Uh, and type of pizza. Uh, and type of pizza is hard because I like all types of pizza and specifically the ones that are weird. Like your non-traditional North American pizzas. So stuff like your... Um, I can't remember the name of it. This stuff is like the Italian stuff is just like spices like, and Oh, so like a like a margarita pizza where it's just like very simple. Yeah, like a margarita like, pizza. Yeah. Like like those ones are fine. But I mean, I do also really enjoy like the more basic stuff. Like I'm one of those people I like olives on pizza. Green olives. Um, I like spicy things, spicy peppers, all that sort of stuff. If I'm at like out at like a mass food chain like Boston Pizza, I really like their pierogi pizza. I like weird pizzas, um, and I am also I've yes, one hundred percent that. But I'm so pineapple intrigued. on pizza. I'm pineapple so on pizza is delicious, and a uh, Hawaiian pizza is a Canadian thing. Uh, it is pineapple and ham on pizza. Sorry, pineapple, ham, and bacon. Oh, it's a solid, very pizza. good. Chili's solid like, chili's like I haven't found a pizza I like. <laughs> so pierogi pizza, it's from Boston Pizza. 
uh, which is a chain. I don't know if that's in the U.S. That might be a Canadian chain. But anyways, what they do basically is they have their pizza crust, which is their own like in-house pizza crust, which is really good. Uh, and then they put uh, basically like scalloped potatoes, so like thin sliced potatoes that are, are kind of cooked mm. on top of that. Mm-hmm. And then um, with cheese on top and a little bit of like a white sauce almost. Uh, yeah, okay. spicy pierogi. There you go. Thank you. Um, a little bit of a white sauce on top with uh, the cheese on it. And then it's topped with um, green onions. And a dollop of sour cream. Very good. And bacon. Of course, there's bacon on it. Gotta always put bacon on it. Nice. Well, we got (laughs) three. Now I'm hungry. Uh, (laughs) I haven't had dinner yet, so... (laughs) These next set of questions are from Reisna. Uh, What drew you to Grahatia? And why is he your fave? Why is he a fave? Because he is best boy. Okay. I mean, I get even he was kind of annoying in the Crystal Tower series, and spoilers for for Shadowbringers and whatnot. Like the way that he is involved in Shadowbringers is really good. It kind of gets you to connect with him as a character and get emotionally invested in him, and especially in the post uh, expansion content, the five point one to five point five series, um, he goes through a lot, and uh, he's just I really enjoy him as a character. He's kind of like sweet, innocent, tries very, very hard. He's just, he's one of those very likable characters. And it's the same thing like with Alpha No, I find like it's just kind of that sweet, innocent person. Um, and, and, and that's why I really like him. Like he's just, he's not really relatable, but he, he, you, you want to like him. Like you can't hate him. Yeah. I get it. Like, Uriange, I hate, well, I don't hate him anymore, but I very much don't like him. He's not one of my favorites. Um, I wouldn't be sad if we lost him, like we lost some other Scions, but I would be very upset if anything happened with Gratia. <laughs> I think Susan might be upset if we lost Uriange. <laughs> Fair. That's valid. Everyone's opinion is valid. Unless you like Xenos, in which case, why? He's thick. <laughs> he. You're not wrong, but he's outstayed his welcome by three expansions. He, he's too thick. Uh, Chili likes Xenos. Chili likes thick boys. Like, you know what we- <laughs> Susan wants them to get us to like Xenos. That's not happening. Oh, uh, he's just... He, he's, he's no Asai. Well. Can't hate anyone like Asai. Oh. I do. Oh, all right. Anyway, uh, so you, I think you kind of answered: is it physicality or personality characteristics uh, that was the hook? And I think you kind of answered: it's personality. I would uh, like to point out: I also like how he looks. He is a very, very cute character. But I also would like to very much point out that I, I am demisexual. I do not have sexual attraction towards things. So it, it is very much an aesthetic attraction. I. I you like him, but it is not like a physical attraction as a lot of people would think about it. He's he's a personality. He's cute. <laughs> uh, why are you not st- going to say anything? But yep, <laughs> why are, why are you still on the train? <laughs> why would I get off? Fair. <laughs> I mean, Raisna, if you're listening to this later, I get you know why would you? Once Why you're would on. you get off? He is like best boy. You pay of. for the ticket. You don't have to get off the ride anytime soon. 
Exactly. Uh, and do you have any fears adorable. of what Endwalker MSQ might inflict on this cat boy or any other of your faves? I'm incredibly afraid of what's going to happen in Endwalker uh, because it is the end of this whole story and a lot of my favorites are tightly involved with this, being mm-hmm. the Scions. Mm-hmm. Um, but also knowing that my favorites tend to also be the favorites from some of the dev team, I'm a little bit less afraid unless they decide to go like all out and just cut ties with everything. Um, so I'm a little bit disappointed because I know that my characters I like have had a good amount of screen time and there might be something else um, to kind of follow up on that. Um, the favorites that I I am very worried about would be Elfino, Alizé, and Graha. And uh, again, we're still in spoiler territory for Shadowbringers. Um, had a lot of ups and downs with Graha in the, in the post-expansion. Uh, patches um and i i'm really happy where they left off with him right now but it is a little bit uh worrisome being kind of new and, and seeing all of this and Shelly says i think we're gonna see the twins die or at least faked out i don't think they're gonna go that far i think that the twins are still very important and i don't think they're gonna kill them off for a plot point um i can definitely see them getting into trouble getting kidnapped getting taken away getting um death like um uh, I was actually talking injured. I was actually talking to Moose about this. I don't want to. I I'll save it for when Moose eventually comes on our show, and I will discuss yeah, it here go. live. Uh, I don't want to talk about what my thoughts are, but I have thoughts. <laughs> with, with Chili's piece, all the signs will probably leave except for Graha Stanion. I could definitely see that, and that's one of the things that I I guess one of the better outcomes I can think of that we're gonna wrap up the story with most of the signs with Yastola with. The, the twins and all of that and they'll kind of be de- relegated down to like more minor roles going forward which is a little bit of sad because I, I really do enjoy having them in the story but I also understand it and I think that they will do them justice so it's yeah. not like we're going to be completely without them but it is a time to move on from them as main characters and I think that's a good uh, approach uh, and I, I do think that Graha will get a little bit more time because we only just started seeing him as a scion it would be very weird to kind of suddenly cut him out after this, uh, I disagree with Chili, though. I don't think Astinian's going to kind of jump on as much. Um, he's had a lot. But there are a lot of characters that we could kind of see. Um, and there could just be, we're going to wrap up with all of them. And then suddenly there'll be this whole other area that yeah. we need to go in and check out that's completely unrelated. Although so. I, I I personally can see Graha and Astinian like, going off and having travels and was seeing more of Vestinian and Graha. Yeah. I, I, I'm not together necessarily. Not together. Not together. Not together necessarily, but I could see Astinian being a, a good focal point because there is more to Astinian, I think, that we have left unanswered that we may not know and how yet it, it, it handles with the story. And it might, again, like I, not to give it into spoilers or anything about that, but there, it is very interesting and I would love to see where, uh, that what a weird buddy comedy that would be. I agree though. That would be pretty great. <laughs> uh, and Doctor Deliciousness says, "Imagine Zena's casually tossing Alpha Node's head at your feet, and your Alice would be like, oof, no, nope, don't like that.'" Mm-hmm. Uh, Although you know, it'd be another really funny TN up. Estinian goes out and encounters Gosetsu. <laughs> that would be kind of great. I would like that. I right? would like that. Yeah, I kind of would like that. Yep, I, I think that that would be a good comedy duo. Uh, and uh, I think Susan, uh, I think you answered Susan's question. Is Graha your favorite? I, I thought it was Alfie. I think you kind of answered that already. Alfie, Alize, Graha. Those are yeah. my three. Yeah. 
Uh, so, and this is from Finya in our Discord. Uh, what is your favorite mm. thing about making Maelstrom Radio? And what is your least favorite thing about making Maelstrom Radio? Uh, so my favorite thing about making Maelstrom Radio is uh, this. Uh, getting to hang out with one of my best friends every week. Um, which uh, we haven't done a whole lot the past few years because, you know, COVID and life events and mental health and a lot of different things, we haven't had a lot of time to, like, just play games together, uh, which we pointed out last week when we played games for the first time in I don't know how long. Um, so like, having this time where we can kind of sit down and just chat is a lot of fun. I think that's the, the best part about this is just getting to hang out for a bit. Uh, the least favorite part is also this. It is the part where I have to get ready and appear on camera every week and in front of a microphone, which for most people who know me, I am introverted. I am not someone who likes being on a camera in front of everything. Um, so it, it's definitely been a, a big learning experience for me. I tend to prefer the behind-the-scenes roles, the producer roles, the making sure everything works, the technical side. Uh, so when I was invited to go onto the front of it, I was a little bit hesitant, but uh, I get through it. I do it now, and it's, it's still a thing. Not my favorite thing, but... So, so Susan asked, if you, had a if you had full control, and Peter agreed with me, if I agreed with anything you wanted, what would you like Maelstrom Radio to be? <laughs> ah, that's a hard question. Very, it's a very hard question. I mean, I feel like we've had this conversation before to some degree. We've also talked a lot about this between the two of us, and I think we're fairly on the same page. Um, what I would really love to see Maelstrom Radio grow into being is, one, a community. I want to be able to help showcase and expose other people, other creators, other interested and kind of just just show different things to other people like we've had so many different interesting people on from to mellow in our early days with music and producing we've had hottie chicken who brought in a lot of warmth and caring and streaming especially with older generation older audiences older streamers um we've have jen and eric coming in from wow playing final fantasy 14 as a couple streaming we've had um I mean, we've had a lot of it. We have we've had uh, Moog around and 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 talking to us and and we've had Moog around who you could never define a genre, a genre for. No, never. <laughs> <laughs> Which is honestly such a great strength to have. <laughs> right when we've had Sloth Queen for Guild Wars Two, we have um, Lucky Sparrow teaching uh, Deja us Vu D. We have D coming on in, in a while that um, from from Team Whiskers. Like we have a lot of different people that. The songbirds, yeah. Okay, we songbirds. can keep naming on all these different people. Yeah. Fiddleback. Um, but we bring in all these different people. Uh, Grimhelm, our, our friend that does the yeah, art. Does uh, the, the books, the lit the, RPG stuff. The lit RPG, yep. So like, being able to find all of these different interesting people and talking with them, chatting with them, getting to know them, what they do, their areas of interest, I find that's really, really interesting. And being able to build that community around like connecting people has been something I've always been really interested in. And that's like, hey, like, you're interested in, like, DIY. Oh, this is interesting because uh, Team Whiskers, we, we joined through Chili, who's a, a Team Whiskers member, and getting to know a few of the other ones now. And when D comes on in, in a few uh, more, sometime in the future, um, 
it was really interesting because she was looking at some of our episodes, and so I recommended a few, and she wasn't familiar with a lot of podcasters. So, of course, I promoted all of our friends, everyone that we know in the community. And also, I was like, hey, but if you like D&D stuff, like, here's a whole, the, the DM word of the week that Fiddleback does. Like, that was really interesting. And she's like, oh, yep, that's right up my alley. So, like, there's all these different pieces of intersectionality that would be really interesting for people. And I think that's important. Um, and I think it's really interesting just from our own perspective of like, these are things we think are cool. We want to share them with you. And a lot of things don't get that exposure. Yeah. And to interject a little bit of myself here too, as well. Uh, it, it was again, like I think listening back to a lot of people that like, on our 150th episode and like hearing from like Lucky Sparrow again, I think really reinforced for me at least like how much we love sharing uh, mm-hmm. a lot of like the Final Fantasy, like the, and the, the, the parts of the Final Fantasy 14 community that don't get the spotlight that do things that people do are, aren't aware of and that are harder to find. And I think that, you know, a lot of podcasts want to just talk about the game and, and talk about, sharing that and if we can share the people that are turning the game into their own like game ex- essentially or their own mm-hmm. entertainment and growing like it, it finding the the people that have made not only taking the game to a new level and making their own communities around a uh, surrounding a game is so interesting to i think quentin and i because we've done it mm-hmm. we've played mmos for for years and years different mmos and you can see things like that happen so it, it's, it's exposing that to a lot to a, a, as many people as are willing to listen to it as possible. Right, is is very interesting to to us, and we get to learn too. And, and you know, a lot of those folks, you know, tend to hang around in our community for the long haul, which is pretty great. So, uh, uh, one of the last questions in 2019, Maelstrom Radio took a mental health break. Would you be willing to share with us some of your personal mental health journey? And how are you feeling today? It's it's a deep question. Uh, It it is very deep. I'm feeling okay today. Um, So without going too much into it, 2019, we did take our year-long break. Uh, This is coming off of, uh, this is about a year after I had moved to the U.S. So I had moved away from everyone that I knew, most of my friends, family, all that sort of stuff. It was a new area, new city, uh, big city. So there were a lot of adjustments, a lot of changes like that. Um, again, this is like a pre-COVID sort of stuff. So um, we were, we were, this is still normal times. Um, so like, there was just a lot going on. And I had been working through a burnout from a number of years ago. I had mostly gotten through that. But there was a lot of things between the moving, not being near people, not having a whole lot of support systems built in at that time. Um, there's just a lot of things all kind of going on at once that was very overwhelming, very stressful, um, and dealing with anxiety, depression, very, very light. Um, so it wasn't very good. And it eventually got to the point where logging in to do the podcast was just more of a job. It was something we had to do. Um, and that wasn't good. And I know Peter was going through stuff at the same time. We both decided that it was a good time for us to mutually take a break. Uh, and we kind of made a promise at that point where it was like, we aren't going to come back until were ready. And it took a long time. It, it, I won't lie. It, it takes a very long time. Like we decided that in 
uh, early January uh, of 2018 that we were going to take a, sorry 2019 that we were going to take that break uh, or in December 2018 something like that. Yep. And it was a hard decision for us to make because we knew that we were going to lose all this content, lose all of our, our audience and everything. And but it was the right decision for us to do. Hopefully, also like encouraging us to find ways to get help and to to get it make it better. Um, which I believe Peter kind of took an initiative on and, and did his own stuff. And we had the the Here With You series, which was really, really good um, for my own personal journey. Um, I It took me another um, eight months. It wasn't until mid-August when I had help from some other friends that I finally was uh, went out and contacted a, a therapist. Um, and I contacted her in August. I met her in September, and I have been seeing her now for almost two whole years. Um, and she is great. I absolutely love her. Um, absolutely amazing. 100% helpful. Um, and, and in that initial time, like the end of 2019 or whatever, we worked together on a lot of different issues that I was experiencing. She helped me a lot through everything. And by the beginning of 2019, sorry, 2020, um, I was in a much better position. Peter was also in a better position. So we decided that we were going to come back with a bang. We were a little bit more energized. I was still working through things at the time. Um, throughout 2020, of course, we had the pandemic, a whole lot of other stuff. Things didn't go so well. Um, so uh, there's still times when I struggle a lot, and there's a lot that I'm still working on. Right now is no exception. I'm still going through things. Um, we've recently made a whole bunch of other different changes that we're going to try to see what helps, what works. Um, but really, it's taking things day by day. Um, I would not be doing this if I didn't feel able to do this podcast. Um, and we've had that conversation before. If there's times that we need to take a day off or whatnot, we'll do that. Mental health always comes first, hands down, no question. Um, so like, in the timeline of everything, the best time that I've had in recent past was around like, April last year, just as before the pandemic was kind of hitting, was doing fairly well then. Pandemic and everything kind of threw everything off, so I'm still trying to work through all of that. Um, but overall, I'm doing okay, I guess. Uh, I have a cat now. <laughs> he's not here. He was causing trouble a few minutes ago. Um, so that means he's causing I do have more a, trouble. A kitten yeah. now. Yeah, probably. He's looking for food. Um, but yeah, like, there's a bunch of things that I'm trying at, and I think uh, to, if it, anyone wants to take something away from this, it's, uh, there are resources out there. If you are looking for them, if you need them, there is absolutely nothing wrong with going and searching for these resources or asking for them or asking for help. Um, again, it took me a long time and it wasn't until I actually had someone reach out to me, uh, in a DM and was like, if you need help doing this, you did it. I, I will help you. And as, eventually it was just like, okay, I really need to do this. Can you help me write this email? Because I couldn't even write a simple email that was like, hey, I have some problems. Can we chat? <laughs> um, so it, it, there's lots of people to help. There's lots of resources. The chat phone lines help, all that sort of stuff. Definitely very useful. Like, Go ahead and use them. Like, They're there. If you think you are in crisis, or if you're debating if you are not in crisis enough, you probably are. Use the resources available there. Uh, we have lots of links available if you need them. Yeah, and I, I will say that uh, Ellie, uh, it, 
doing this should like doing any sort of project involving anything you do should be fun. And if it becomes mm-hmm. work, it's not fun anymore. Um, and you know, it, it that like it is a very hard call. And I've I've seen creators on Twitter all the time saying, "Hey, I had to take a day off for a mental health day," you know. And sometimes I, I feel like they they know that's not enough that they need more, but they're just doing it just to get take a day for themselves. And I feel bad because I feel like they they know they should take more. And I I've, I've seen others take much longer time. And uh, like for example. Uh, like, cause Curry announced it on, on, on social media. I know he's, he's okay with me saying it, but Curry is, is still taking time off, uh, streaming mm-hmm. and, you know, and that's hard. You know, he made the, the decision to make that is very hard when you have a lot of people watching you and stuff like that. It makes it very difficult because you could lose a lot of viewers and, and it's hard to come back. Sometimes you, you get a lot of people come back cause they, they're, they're, they're there to cheer you on. Uh, and then mm-hmm. sometimes you don't, and that's that's the nature of of doing content creation. Like you may not get the the audience, so you have to find a new audience, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, I I have one. Right, last we question. can go on this because there's a whole like parasocial relationship piece yes. as well with people getting familiar and knowing and like. Thankfully, at least I I can't speak for you, but I know for myself, I haven't had that much of an experience like that with this podcast. Um, I mean, I guess you have with the whole beard thing, but um, <laughs> aside from that one, like I, I haven't had any real experience with that. So I, I'm very grateful for our audience with that. Um, but there is a lot of times when it's draining. Like that's, that's everyone keeps asking for solo streams from me. And that's just not something that I feel comfortable doing right now. Um, and I've thought about it. I literally have two games that I would love to stream sitting in front of me and like a whole slew of other ones that I would, I've considered. But until I get to a point where I feel comfortable, talking for hours on end streaming a game uh i guess you'll still have to wait for a little while i guess (laughs) it's okay i'm still here uh so uh i i have a question and it's not on here and you do not have to answer this live on the show i understand if you say no uh but uh answer six so five uh, five or so years ago i asked you to do this show uh and and um I, I want to know, and I, I know you you you, you kind of answered it a little bit, but I, I'm going to say like ask for a little deeper discussion. Like you had every chance to say no. I know you had nothing going mm-hmm. on. You had every chance to say no, but you said yes. Uh, how has it changed the, tra- the trajectory of your life, and or at least your your social life? Uh, and how has it changed? The, like that? The, <laughs> And how has it changed the nature of our friendship? Do you and and has it? Yeah, and and uh, what is is this? Uh, did you did you like? And why did you trust me? Like, why did you trust me uh, to 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 do a podcast of all of all the things you could have said no and yes to? Like, why why say yes to me? Ah, <laughs> uh, so I have to go a little bit deeper. Like, I. Again, I, my answer is usually I, I didn't say no. I had nothing else better to do. Um, but it, it's one of those things that I've had for a number of years since back when I was working on the Rift stuff. Um, getting involved with the community and being part of something is something that I, I like doing and being able to help others or, or provide way, uh, things for others to help. Whether it's my professional life, it's things that I like doing, helping grow teams, growing people. Um, and in my personal life, when... Uh, 
whether it's leading raids way back when or helping people run through content or building community websites to bring people together to building chat communities to building podcasts. Like bringing able to bring people together is something that I really enjoy doing um, and content creation. And I've kind of missed it. Um, even back from when I was helping out with the podcast uh, with Rift or uh, websites with various different games, um, it was always something that I really, really enjoyed, and that's something like I personally was really invested in. Um, so this was like another opportunity to do that, right? Like we, it's a different type of content than I was used to doing because I've never really did a podcast officially. Um, I had guessed it on a couple at that point, but I had never done a podcast, so I, I did a lot of the, the content or the, the content creation, but community management side, um, which I enjoyed, and I was hoping to kind of bring to here as well. So when you asked, it was, to me, it was another opportunity to get involved with that, especially after the recent loss of uh, EQ Next, which we were both going through at that time, still are. Um, it was another avenue that we could kind of bring that creation and that uh, creative outlet uh, that I haven't really been able to do anywhere else. Like I, I can be a little bit creative in software development, but there's a difference in the creation that I do as part of a development cycle, as opposed to when I'm creating content for like the podcast or for videos or for anything like that. Um, so that's something that I wanted to explore. Uh, what was the second part of that? <laughs> why? Why did you trust me? Like, why did you say yeah? You could have said that no. was the yeah. last one. Well, it was the last one. Um, but, uh, so uh, the the second one was. Uh, uh, you chose was how did it change? Yeah, how, like hey, how did it change the trajectory of your life? Like saying yes to doing this. Oh, that. Yeah. I really don't know on that sense in, in changing the tra- trajectory. Um, I know it's made uh, coordinating things a lot more difficult because <laughs> now we have this recurring thing that we do twice yeah. a week. Um, so it does it does it does make things a little bit harder, and we've had to shift things around back and forth. So our scheduling. We're getting good at scheduling. I'm getting very, very good at time zone conversions as well. Um, but I've done that for years. Um, so I don't really know how it's affected the tra- tra- trajectory. I know that it's gotten definitely gotten me more comfortable speaking on camera or getting recorded on camera uh, or just speaking in general on a podcast. I'm much more open to doing that. Uh, I think it's helped a little bit with just communicating with people in general because we're constantly talking, we're going back and forth, we have to have our banter, we have all of our different things. Uh, and and just being able to be a little bit more cognizant of even like speak, speech patterns, right? Like not having like, uh, um, mm-hmm, like this. Uh, like We've learned to eliminate a lot of that from our vocabulary. It comes in now and then, but for general, like we've learned ways around that. Yeah. Um, and we still speak very very fast at times but we've learned how to like there's a lot of things that we're learning on and and fixing it and doing it and like we've gained a lot of skills with videos and editing and audio and all of that which is really really cool um and i I think one of the things that is speaking is very speaking is hard yeah the long week juice helps it really does. (laughs) But so i i think that the the biggest thing that i've taken away from this or the the thing that I find is the most change would be the people that we've met. We've met a lot of different interesting people. And like, for example, I've met you through this. It was a different podcast, but it was, I still have met you through this. I have met Chili. I've met Susan. I have met so many different people in our community. Um, and I point out them specifically because I've also physically met them in person at FanFest. 
And we've met a ton of our friends through FanFest. We have Avi, Pete from She-Hulls, I Tank, Chili. Uh, we haven't met Paul yet, hopefully one day. Um, but there's just a Dale, ton of people that we've met. Like, yeah, tons of people. Ruby, like, Yalta. Yalta. Uh, 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 Emmy, uh, like anonymous, like we've met, we, Emmy, we stayed, we, anonymous, we stayed in the house with most of these fusion. people. <laughs> we did. So that was an experience for Hamet safe. Like we've met so many cool people through this as a hobby. And even for the people that we've met virtually only like hottie chicken, like these are interesting people that we probably seen or, or heard. Have we not met and, and, and like, networked with all these different people like i would have not met chili if i didn't know you right i wouldn't know susan if i met you susan wouldn't know all of us if she hasn't met her whether that's good or bad we'll leave it to her <laughs> but uh yeah there, there's just a lot of i i think all the different connections that we've made from this has, is probably <laughs> the the biggest thing that i've, I've taken this or the, the biggest change i should say uh, and the last question, which I remember before, and I'm currently blanking on. Uh, me. Uh, so the question is, is, is how essentially me, like why, why say yes? Like you had every option to oh, say no why to you? Me. Yeah. Why me? Why? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, the, the same answer kind of applies, like the, why not? Like, let, let's take a chance on this, but in terms of like, why would I say yes to you and not someone else? I guess it would be because we were friends. I knew you. I knew the content that you make. I knew what you were bringing on board, the the type of stuff that you wanted to do. It meshed a lot with what I want to do. Like We both want to bring that community. We want to bring that positivity, that warmth, that welcoming feel. Uh, we don't want to alienate a lot of people. Um, but there's also a lot of stuff that we won't put up with, like... A lot of the the racist stuff that's been going around, the bigoted stuff, things like that, that we have a very no to like zero tolerance policy on. Um, so, like a lot of our ideals meshed, a lot of the ideas we had kind of meshed. And where I have ideas from like a conceptual standpoint of like this is what I would imagine a community might be, you have a lot of the ideas of this is how we get to that point. So I feel like our skill sets kind of also worked very very well together, and it it just. I felt like we would work well together. It was fun when we played games together. So having this as another opportunity for us to kind of hang out and do stuff was was really, really fun. Um, and part of it was just like, a, hey, let's see where we, this, we can go with this. Like, we're two random people that were just speaking out of random, like, at, I think I was in a basement at the time, unfortunately. Um, but were, we're like, yeah. out of the middle of nowhere, right? Like, we're just two guys speaking in podcasts like I hadn't hit 30 yet so I wasn't at my midlife crisis white boy who needs to start a podcast phase um, still I'm not surprised couldn't say different <laughs> well I'm not white <laughs> there you go you, you got that I'm not cis so, oh wait no I am cis I'm not het there we go uh, wow that could have gone differently um, but like it, yeah like it's I, I think that's just what it, it ended up being was like it, it was let's see what we could do with this because if things went according to our plans, this could go very, very well and could be very rewarding for us. Not even like this could blow up and be huge and be this massive thing. It would just this would be something that's very rewarding for us. 
And if we look at the past five years for that, from that perspective, I feel like we've succeeded. Yeah. We've done a lot. We have a lot more that we want to do. We have so much more that we want to do. And are we where we want to be in terms of like audience and stuff? No. We we would love to grow past well past 500 people on Twitch. We would like to go well past 100 on YouTube. We would love to have a lot of people watch us live, listen to us recorded. Is that something we're going to chase? A little bit. Yeah. But as long as we continue to enjoy making this content, we'll continue making this content. Because the content at the end of the day is for us. Yeah. Uh, and and for those of you that listen to the uh, so you want to be a Final Fantasy fourteen podcaster, uh, you remember you'll remember Famous when plug. I, yeah, and you'll remember that I said make the podcast you want to listen to, um, and essentially that's what we did here. Uh, we made the podcast that we wanted to hear. We wanted to share a lot, and I wanted to share Quentin. Uh, so uh, and I'm going to take a minute to uh, not get emotional and, and say thank you uh, to him for the last five years. He's not going anywhere, but I'm just saying thank you uh, because uh, I didn't think he was going to say yes. I want to be very, very honest. I did not think he was going to say yes to me uh, because I knew he was, he's so funny and he's so charismatic and you know, he didn't know who he was yet. And I saw him for who he was. And that's very like, it's hard for a, a lot of people to see that in a person and want to share somebody with the world. And I wanted to do that. Like he was the very first person I wanted to share with an audience. And I think I, after the five years and in this episode, and I'm getting emotional saying this, I'm sorry, but, um, he, he is the greatest, not only one of the best people I've ever met, but um, like truly, truly supportive and uh, helped make this better, uh, like podcasting and doing this uh, for five years so much better. Um, so if it took five years to uh, share him with all of you, it was worth it. <laughs> like this, this show was worth it. <laughs> so I, and I'm so happy that he found himself and he found the person he wants to be. And I hope that this was in small, like one small part, uh, a part of his journey. Like I, I really do. So I'm I'm sorry. There's, there's nothing <laughs> small in there. <laughs> like I I really I really do wish like I re I really do like I hope that like you knowing that the last five years and where we went and the the mental health break we took like it was a long journey for both of us and and it was not easy it was not easy for us to say let's not do this and I'm I'm so happy that I got to. Like, tell jokes and do choose your own adventures and ghost phones and all the stuff that I and I I will promise this: there will be a ghost phone. I will not tell you when, and if I told you when, you'll expect it. But if I did not, just know there will be a ghost phone in the future, uh, because I I I, I know yeah. there's so so many people that 
love it and he does not <laughs> just know <laughs> uh, but i i honestly i thank you so much for one being my friend and two saying yes to this because i do not think maelstrom radio would be as good as it can be and i know how good it will be without you so i, I it, it, you can never leave like you can never i'm just letting you know you can never leave <laughs> well i'm already in california so So thank thank you for answering hotel. Uh, all these questions. I know. <laughs> thank you for answering all these questions. Uh, <laughs> uh, and and uh, I, I, again, podcast. I'm I'm sorry. And if uh, Susan is crying, I apologize. I will give you a big hug later. Uh, and I probably need one as well. Uh, and he did not lose composure. I did. So <laughs> and, and I I didn't get to talk. That's true. <laughs> and and I drank water to help. Yeah, I did not. <laughs> it could be the 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 long week juice. Hoping strategies. <sighs> so, um, it's a lot, right? Like having a co. Like again, we can go into co-hosts mm-hmm. and like and like you know, I. But again, thank you. It's been a long episode, <laughs> and we should end yes, it so you yes. can go eat. I mean, so for the record, I am usually the one that says, "Let's keep our episodes forty-five minutes to an hour." We're almost at two hours now. Um. Yeah, that was my fault this week. Yeah, I that's fine. A lot. That's fine. Uh, so uh, thank you, everybody. Uh, next week, Jen and Eric will be here from Generic Live. Uh, just go follow us on Twitter. Follow you know, share this podcast with everybody you know and love, uh, including Grandma. I'm sure she'll love us. Maybe Grandma will cry. I don't know. Uh, so. Uh, Thank you How so much. If we make your grandma cry. I'm really curious. Yeah, just let us know. Let us know if we make grandma cry. Uh, uh, and one last thing, Chili says in chat. Uh, to one thing, Chili. And Chili, I will read this. As someone who has been watching you for years now, really want to see you blast past 500 followers and see so many more viewers because you really deserve all the love and all the love you show to everyone. And one last thing, he says, I don't think there's a better duo for the show. You both bring something different in. So. Uh, <laughs> Thank you again, all. Uh, Quentin, do you have anything else for tonight? Nope. I would not be here without uh, this show or without you guys. So thank uh, you. Thank you. Thank Susan. Uh, we are going to go uh, raid uh, Siri Hime. So uh, podcast listeners, this is the end. I'm going to play the outro. But uh, as always, everybody, till sea swallows all. Keep listening. Maelstrom Radio is brought to you by MaelstromRadio.com and Blackfire Media. Produced by Flattis Shintier and Susan Sprinkle. Join us live Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash maelstromradio. Send email to show at maelstromradio.com, tweet us at maelstrom underscore radio, or join our Discord at maelstromradio.com slash discord. Views and opinions expressed by our hosts and guests do not reflect the views and opinions of any companies discussed on today's show. 